to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Slightly premature on the uh, <laughs> pausing of that song, but there we go. This is what happens. Um, thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 88 of the Orient Outlook podcast, and we have a comprehensive roundup of news from around the club, but we also, uh, as it's our last one before Christmas, it's our Christmas special, so we have a number of guests that we've spoken to prior to recording this, so we are very grateful to all of those people. Yes. They will become clearer later yes, in the episode, yes, yes. but as always, um, let's crack on with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so Supporters Club update. So firstly, it is the Christmas Beer Festival this Friday, 23rd of December. Doors open at 5pm. Beers will be from the Mighty Oak Brewery. There'll be lagers, wines and spirits. It's free to get in. Complimentary mince pies. Nothing else to say about that one. Get yourself down there and get merry and get on it. Uh, Boxing day. So the club will be open uh, at 11am for the home game, uh, which is against Crawley. Kick off at 1, so you've got two hours to get down there, have a good time, see people, wish a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, and the sports club will also be open for about an hour or so after the game. And one away game to tell you about, finally, their coach is going to Exeter on Monday the 2nd of January. They leave the sports club at half eight in the morning, so it's an early one. Cost is £30 for adults, £27 concessions with a £3 surcharge to non-members. You can book at the supporters club before the games against uh, Crawley or Cambridge or by calling the travel line on 07722-135-970. Well said. Well said. So we've also had an email from Howard uh, Gould over at the Leighton Orient Trust. So um, he says, A big thanks to Tom Parks who spent a couple of hours chatting and helping to distribute Christmas presents at the Coping Through Football Christmas lunch last Tuesday afternoon. Uh, CTF is the highly successful collaboration between the Leighton Orient Trust, London Playing Fields Foundation and the North East London Foundation NHS Trust and uses football as its nucleus to help those with a variety of mental health issues. The project has four sessions a week at three different venues and there are over 120 participants. Wow. What a great initiative. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, secondly, he said the Late Night Walking Football Programme is expanding and will now have a new Friday session in the new year for those aged over 60. Uh, walking football looks great to me. I'd love to have a go at that at some point. I think you'd have the urge to run too much to start with but I think you then get used to it mate I'm happy to forego those urges to run it's all good starting on the 25th of January a bit of a date for your diary I guess there'll be a first man v fat session which is a 14 week league for any man who wants to lose weight games are decided on weight loss as well as results and include 24-7 support for more info and to sign up go to www.manvfat.com dot com forward slash football or visit the trust website for information on any of the current schemes being delivered and finally it was great to see the squad and the management team at Theo's Junior O's Xmas party last Sunday along with around 100 of the young O's fans after entering a free competition nearly 30 of those fans have now been chosen to be either flag bearers or penalty takers at our game versus Crawley on Boxing Day so great work there 
with the young supporters there and getting them you know well engaged with the club so as always superb work um, by the trust yep saw the picture looked very well attended yes, yeah. so also a couple of happy happy uh, a couple of yeah. happy birthdays Dave Toms who sits near us in yep. the south stand happy 30th for Tuesday to you Dave put you older than that Dave so fair play <laughs> and, <laughs> and James Houghton happy 6th birthday uh, on New Year's Day so James wow. is a young Orient fan Loves a bit of Alex Chizak and uh, is getting well into the air. So happy birthday to you, James. Yeah, and before we um, crack on, uh, unfortunately, some sad news, um, um, unfortunately, as we were saddened to hear of the passing of former right winger Peter Braybrook, uh, one of the stars of the 069-73rd division title winning side. Unfortunately, he died last weekend uh, following a, a battle with yeah. uh, cancer of the liver. he just turned 79. I know he played for Chelsea and a couple of other yeah. clubs as well. So um, He also won three England caps and played in the 58 World Cup final. So we send our condolences to his son Wayne and the rest of the Braybrook family. Uh, so rest in peace to Peter Braybrook. Yep, so the first interview in and our Christmas special, we've been asked for this man um, and some of these ladies for quite some time now, so we're very happy um, to get our first interview of our Christmas special with Chris Brayford that was recorded earlier today and a few of the uh, women's players. Yep, we had uh, Danny Griffiths, who's the team captain, we had Lydia Cooper, who's vice-captain, and we also had uh, Connie Montiel as well, so this is what Chris and the ladies had to say. Chris, Danny, Lydia, Connie, thank you very much indeed for taking time out of your Christmas lunch. Uh, appreciate you doing that. So um, just really wanted to, to, to have a chat with you. Um, it's, um, it's been a, a brilliant year for you guys so far, but we'll come on to that in just a moment. Chris, perhaps you could just give us, for those that aren't uh, familiar, that, that, that perhaps haven't um, caught the beginning uh, of, of your story, perhaps you could give us an overview of the team, the league you're in, sort of where and when you play, and a little bit about, about the team itself. But how have you attracted players to the team? How has that worked? So, um, pretty much most of our squad um, came through from Kick United. I mean, we have had um, a couple of new players um, coming in, and that's helped from a squad perspective. But, you, you know, the, the vast majority of the team have been there now. But most players probably for two to three seasons, a couple for, for longer and stuff. And I, I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we've been successful is, is that, you know, the players have settled in, they're comfortable, and, and you know, they pushed on as a, as a team. But yeah, I mean, one of the big things for us is obviously, you know, is that orientation. If we can win that promotion, that, you know, it, it clearly helps us in, um, in recruiting players. You know, the players, you know, and, and myself and the rest of the staff are proud to be a part of Orient and definitely it's a, it's a big thing for us in terms of, uh, you know, that publicity and visibility and prestige. Brilliant. And how did you get involved with it, Chris? So, um, I used to coach Kick and then, uh, well, Kick United as, as was and then, um, Obviously, um, had 
conversations with um, with Orient. Um, there used to be a partnerships manager at a club called Rob Noble, so I spoke to him, and then um, a couple of meetings with um, Alessandro and Vito and Steve, and and, uh, and also as well um, from the trust, so um, Trevor and, and Neil from the trust. And you know, again, you know, the, the club were interested in the proposal, and, and kind of we came to an agreement, which was fantastic. And um, you know, so from last season, um, represented Orient. Fantastic. Danny, perhaps if I can come on to you as well. You're the captain of the team. Perhaps you can give us an overview of the season so far, because I can remember from all of our, um, well, a lot of the previous podcasts that we've covered, there's a lot of thumpings, um, sort of keeping lots of clean sheets. Perhaps you can give, give us a bit of an overview from, from the captain's perspective of the season so far. Of course. Um, yeah, so the girls have performed brilliantly all season. Um, we were, we are beaten in the league since February, and we took that into the start of the season from August onwards. We are still unbeaten in the league. Um, win one every game, which I think is every eight, eight games in the league so far. Um, and uh, we kept clean sheets for ten consecutive games, which included a couple of cup games. Um, so defensively and um, from an attacking perspective, we scored something like forty-two goals uh, in the league so far. So um, all over the pitch, the performances have been outstanding. And what can you what what's what's worked so well that's enabled you guys or girls sorry to, to, to be able to, um, to to be able to sort of hit the ground running because you know sometimes you get a lot a group of players together and they don't always click as you can probably tell from the men's side but you you have all sort of really hit the ground hit the ground running what what's been the key to that? I think it's that the core of the squad is, is the same as last year so um, we we had a few new players in at the start of last season and we had a bit of a uh, a bumpy start to, the, to last season and, and from about February onwards the, the, the core of the squad was the same and we all gelled together and it's been those same players that have, have come through into this season with a couple of brilliant additions so I think it's the fact that we've all over the last year got to know each other got to know how each, each other plays and um, we've worked well together Fantastic, and and Lydia, you're your vice captain um, of of the team. Um, give us um, your sort of views on, on on the aims for the team um, for the for, well going into 2017. Now, what what's what's the sort of key aims and targets? Well, yeah, obviously we're wanting to win the league. Um, we'd, I think we'd quite like to do the league cup as well, do the double. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we've played in this league for a couple of seasons now. Um, and we're ready for a new challenge. Um, we're more than capable of playing at a higher level. We've shown that uh, when we played Spurs in the Cup. Um, and we can challenge at a higher level. Um, that's really the aim, is to get promoted um, and try and do really well in the league above next season. It's 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 really great um, to hear that ambition as well, and and I and I think sort of hearing, or when we sort of put the podcast together each week, that we can hear, or, or we're seeing the fact that you're beating teams several nil. Do, do you think that? Did you turn? Does it change the mentality of how you how you all turn up for a game? In that you think naturally that you're just going to thump them. What you know, five, six, seven, eight nil. Is is that a natural mentality, or do you think that you go into each game? giving each team more respect than perhaps what they do or less respect? How, how does it work men- mentally, what, mentality-wise? Um, well, you can never go into a game just assuming that you're going to win 5-6-0. Um, or six nil. Um, I think that's definitely the wrong mentality to have. Um, but we take each game as it comes. Um, obviously, we want to hit the ground running in every game. A couple of games we started a bit slow um, and it sort of takes a while to get going. But we take... Yeah, we want to go into every game. We aim to win the game. Obviously, we want to score lots of goals. We want to keep the clean sheets. Um, so we just want to 
Absolutely, and, and, and you can really tell that the, you know the drive and the determination is is, is certainly there. And, and Connie, perhaps lastly, if we can just just come to you very quickly. Um, in in the FA Cup recently, um, you played well. You played Spurs. Sadly, lost that. Um, how do you sort of then bounce back from that? Um, how how do you sort of prepare for that? Because obviously, Spurs are at a top top in 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 a top league. How how do you guys sort of bounce back after that loss? Because you haven't really experienced that too much in the league. No, we haven't really experienced it for quite a while. So it was, it was difficult. Um, no, I mean, I, I think we were all quite gutted, really. But I think we're all itching to play again. I think that's, that's the best way to do it, is to get four games under our belt. And I think we all know if we play the way we played against the um, putting that work rate in all the other games, then um, you're going to do very, very well against anyone we play. Yeah, no, sure, absolutely. Um, if people want to come and watch you play, um, I know where you play, although I just haven't found my way down there just yet, but I intend to uh, with Steve. Um, if people want to come and watch you play, Connie, where would they have to come and what time and where, when do you play? Uh, we play in Myland Stadium, um, in the middle of Myland Park, at 2 o'clock every Sunday. Um, our fixtures, you can find us on the website. Yeah, so the, the fixtures are on the Orient website. So if, oh, if you go to um, Orient under team, you, you can get them there. And then obviously Cohen and Charlie update those and stuff, and that's great. But they're also on you know, the FA full time. And then uh, it's going to sound like an advertisement, but the cover on uh, Twitter at Orient WFC. And then there are videos of the game, highlight videos on YouTube for anyone who's, uh, who's interested. And yeah, absolutely. One of the great things, the Spurs game, obviously, as Connie said, you know, we could have beaten them and it was going. But what was fantastic was, you know, a lot of Orient fans made the trip out to support us. And that, you know, meant a lot to the players. And I think it helped how they played, particularly in that second game. So yeah, the, the home games are at Myland Stadium. And then the other thing we always stress as well is it's free. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sometimes we make food well. <laughs> well, if you ever needed a carrot dangled in front of you, then 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 there it was. Um, thank you, everybody, for for taking the time out of your your Christmas lunch. I'll let you get back to it now. Thank you ever so much, and uh, uh, we hope to uh, to be reporting on more good news for you all um, into the new year, and, and and wish you every success in winning the league this year. Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you. So that was Chris Brayford, the Leighton Orient ladies manager, along with Captain Daniel Griffiths, Lydia Cooper, vice-captain, and Connie Montiel as well. Um, for those that are interested in going along to the ladies, their next home match is in the Cup to Aylesford, and that will be on the 22nd of January. So there's a bit of a respite between now and their next home game. But uh, they've certainly been smashing that league up and tearing it apart, winning several nil 
Um, so clearly promotion is 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 very much within their line of sight there. So great to hear from them. Sorry, the the quality of the uh, the call might not be uh, that that great, um, but um, I did catch them before they started drinking. Um, so it's not them. It's it's certainly the technology side of it. So thanks, Chris. Thanks to the ladies, and and all the very best for for the coming season. Brilliant. Well done, mate. So moving on to the week that was then, um, it's quite a busy week. So Monday, the 12th of December, so the evening saw a meet the manager event in the supporters club with Andy Edwards and Danny Webb. So a big, big thank you now to Kevin Cowden, who sent us the following update um, from the evening. It's quite substantial and he's got some really great points here. So if you wasn't able to go, here's a short summary now coming up. So Kevin started by saying it was a good evening with a lot of warmth and support for Andy and Danny evident in the room. They're both very impressive and articulate making it very clear they consider it an honour to have been appointed. FB gave them the job directly and it appears that the message was you've got the job to the end of the season and good luck with it. No targets have been set but in answer to one question as to whether we could still make the playoffs Andy said that he was realistic and that success this season would be staying in the league which was massive. Yeah, they both fielded various questions about why things have gone so wrong. And I think we all know the answer to that. But Andy was very diplomatic and answered all questions where he could. And I felt very honestly. Yeah, he also said that Michelli and Gagliardi are present on the training ground on most days and act as a link to the owner, but in a positive way. Various questions were asked about individual players, significantly McCallum and Weir. And as you would expect, Andy defended both and said Paul's attitude in application has been superb. And he feels potentially he has a very good future career ahead of him. And he jokingly said that he hoped to be in the role at the end of the season and for much longer in stating we hope to still be here in a couple of weeks, <laughs> which I presume would have got quite a big laugh. Down yeah, support staff I would imagine so. Uh, when asked about interference, he confirmed there hasn't been any in the four games to his interim. He and Danny have had in charge and they've picked each team themselves. He said that they had identified targets for the January transfer window and would not expect any player to come into the club without their approval. Asked about contract negotiations <coughs> for players out of contract at the end of the season, Andy said they would be speaking to the chairman over the next few weeks as there are players they would want to keep and conversations would be needed. It seems as though Sammy Moore may possibly not come back, although he has been back at the club recently for treatment on a minor injury, but he is one of those who just wants to play every week and he has a two-hour trip home each time. So maybe his future lies elsewhere, but nothing definite. Uh, they would like to re-sign Harry Cornick in January for a further loan spell and Andy's left a couple of messages on his mobile though he hasn't yet got a reply I think there's your answer Um, (laughs) overall they demand 100% commitment from every player wearing the shirt they have simplified things have a structure and the main requirement in every game initially will be to prevent the opposition scoring and Kevin lastly went on to say that he personally believes that these two guys are absolutely the right appointment for our club but they need at least two years without any interference to rebuild the wreckage that's been created whether they get that remains to be seen but he feels that all the fans need to give them our full support and keep backing them even if at times things don't go according to plan after what they've achieved at this club with the youth academy it's the very least they deserve and Kev massive thank you for that that was quite a substantial update um, top man and yeah. really good and we were unable to make it due to Christmas commitments and other goings on so unfortunately that's why we couldn't record it otherwise we probably would have done yeah um but thank you for the update there kev yep lovely so moving on then tuesday the 13th of december 
fabulously or whatever, uh, nothing actually happened. Yeah. So we're going to move on to Wednesday, the 14th of December. And the under-18s travelled up to Leicester for the third round of the FA Youth Cup. I went you with win. the SLO, Karen Harrison. So thanks for driving, Karen. Uh, had uh, a great journey up there with the uh, with the two kids in the in in the back as well, and uh, I think they thoroughly enjoyed it, even though we uh, yeah. we ended up losing. So sadly, I missed kick off, the actual kick off. But um, with about ten minutes, just under ten minutes on the clock, Leicester was scrambling to clear off the line. It did yeah, look it over did. the line from where we were sat, but. And, and obviously all the players naturally appealed, but uh, they, they the referee didn't, and um, and it was cleared off, yep. uh, cleared off the line. Um, in the 16th minute, more great work from Josh Caroma as he got the better of the left back, and he was consistently get, getting the better of the left back. And I don't know why they didn't, you okay. know, look to expose yeah. him a little bit more on that side. So um, he pulled the ball back for Tristan Abrahams, who see who saw his shot blocked. Yeah, and in 29th minute, I think you've said against the run of play. Um, unfortunately, we went behind. Following a decent build-up play from Leicester, passed on the floor across the six-yard box, was tapped home at the far post, and I think you said, I think the left back, uh, left back Toby Stevenson, um, got caught out there a little bit. Yeah, he did. He switched off, I think, and their man was just at the back post as one over, unfortunately. So it was a bit of a shame, but but not an insurmountable deficit. Um, Sam Roach made an incredible save on the 31st minute which yeah. is worth noting and in 35th minute lucky not to be two down as Leicester hit the post and I think you made a point saying it felt like Leicester now were getting on top getting up hand and their goal seems to affect the confidence a little bit I think so Yeah, I think that did affect them uh, a little bit so half time went in 1-0 uh, we'd had a few chances one cleared off the line but that little lapse in concentration has, has unfortunately they, they've made us pay heads dropped I felt a little bit after conceding but you know we were refocused to the latter part of that half. Yeah. Um, we created a couple of chances, which is what you'd expect. So yeah. positive. Um, cool. You know, not not too not too downbeat really. And then no changes at half time. So second half started. I think you said forty eighth minute brilliant save again by Roach to deny Leicester a second. I think you said it was a crucial save that one. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think if you'd have played it out, it would have been quite dangerous. But yeah. we got our a corner in the fifty first fifty first minute. Clever routine, but unfortunately it amounted to nothing. So it's good to see that they work yeah. on that sort of stuff in the training ground as well. Absolutely. Um, I think you said again, a clever free kick in the 56th minute again. Dolby unmarked, but his head out of power. Yeah, shame that. Yeah. He just managed to catch it with a bit of power. Just two minutes later though, Leicester went really, really... Um, sorry, a Leicester defensive error. Adamson blasted his effort across the goal and wide so he's sort of coming from the edge of the box and he sort of smashed it and it's got a cross goal and out for no a goal kick so yeah and there was no one poaching unfortunately and then on the hour mark uh, another one off the line as a Leicester defender injures himself clearing an effort off the line uh, I think I've seen a photo of that where you see the Leicester defender crashing himself into a post um, so that was our no, free kick I think he kicked the floor because he's, oh, okay. he's yeah he's then sort of hobbled forward so I just put a tweet that the club had Put in there yeah, as well. So Zarty's free kick was headed up in the air. Dolby rose highest, and they just cleared it. And if that had gone in, different game, different game. Hundred percent. So two, yeah, two off the line. In. Yeah, essentially. And then their goal came in the seventy-second minute. A run from the right back, obviously down the right hand side. Some neat play by the Leicester number nine uh, in the inside the Orient penalty box. Set up Ethan Hodby for a neat side-footed effort, which went under Roach. Shame. Yeah, unfortunate that one. Shame. But so you can't let a guy run from deep. Without yeah, challenge. Don't forget, I mean, these these were Premiership youth players who could be playing their trade in the Premiership in a couple of years. Some of so. them are internationals for their age group as well. Wow, well, yeah. So, 78th minute, another chance for us created, but the final delivery from the byline didn't make it to a red shirt. And I think you've said there was Artie Kramer produced wonderful pieces of skill to release the latter in the area. 
But his cross for Abraham is intercepted. Yes, again, a couple of bits from the Orient um, official feed. And I think it's worth pointing out here that we, we, we didn't capitalise on the weak... Well, I thought their, their, their left-back was the weak spot. Oh, yeah. Karoma was having a go in the first half, but I think lost his, lost his buzz. In, maybe in, they in got the a bit wise to it, maybe. Try and mark <clears> yeah, possibly. Um, in the 83rd minute, um, Karoma comes on for Satorio and Ochen comes off for uh, for Charlie Barker. Great to see Barker back on the pitch after a four-month injury love. So well done, yep. Charlie. Um, and hope you're well. 85th minute, uh, 3-0, I think. It sounds, by the, by the looks of it, quite not not like a 3-0 game. From no, what it you're, wasn't. What you've written. Much tighter. Uh, Dewsbury Hall, low shot from the edge of the box, rifles into the bottom corner, beat Sam Roach. Yeah, good um, goal, that. Yeah, that was a really good goal. Yeah, because he could have smashed that wide. On the 88th minute, Adamson was replaced by Clayden. Good, and then, it's good to see lots of play, lots of subs getting experience on that pitch, even at that absolutely. point. Absolutely. And you and just for the record, we're playing in the King Power Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. We're actually sat in the home of Leicester yeah, City. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was empty bar in our little section there, but it, it it was great. And then we got a penalty just on the sort of 89th, 90th minute. Abrahams yeah. was brought down in the box. Referee pointed to the spot. He sort of dusted himself down, stepped up and smashed the ball in the back of the net. Good you penalty, saw it, didn't you? Good penalty. And the highlights are up on the Leicester Twitter feed. I think they were put up on Thursday, like a three and a half minute um, action piece with all the goals and all the things we've spoken about. So if you yeah. haven't seen them, go on the Leicester Twitter feed and go or go on our Twitter feed because we retweeted it and you'll see all the action there. So nothing at all um, to, be, to be ashamed of in that performance. 100%. No, I just think we just lacked a bit in the second half. I don't know if the, the going behind one nil um, at that point sort of not not the boys' confidence or or what yeah. because Leicester weren't outplaying us. You know, it, the scoreline wasn't a three. No disrespect to Leicester, it wasn't a three one yeah. scoreline. But then we never really worked their goalkeeper enough. So yeah. and I was sat in front of the goalkeeper's dad as well. And okay, um, he, he's he's a nice guy. And yeah, hopefully they'll they'll go on and do well. Yeah. You'd like to lose to the eventual winners, wouldn't you? So. Yeah, well, absolutely. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, glad you made it back. All right, as thanks, well. mate. Yeah, so, no, it was cool. Thursday the fifteenth of December. Fam's forum notes were published um, from the previous first day. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, and the Late United unofficial forum. They're on our Twitter feed um, from a tweet from the Late United Fans Trust. Um, so if you want to find out what was said two weeks ago, they are available um, for everyone to see. Yep, that's it. Moving on to Friday, the 16th of December now. Andy Edwards spoke to George Sessions ahead of Saturday's match. He said, Scott has gone to Wickham, speaking about Scott Cashkett, uh, and he's been brilliant. He's always had that ability. That was never in question, and good luck to him. I hope he has a quiet Saturday next week, but after that, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, and Scott Cashkett spoke to the Sun earlier in the week and had this to say about Orion. So we're going to speak about this because it was a bit of an eye-opener, maybe not considering who he's spoken to. He said, Scott said, I wish I knew to this day what the powers that be Orient had against me. One game last season under former boss Andy Hessenthaler, I was stripped and ready to come on. And some Italian ran down and told Hess, anyone can come on except for cash kit. It carried on until last pre-season when I was not allowed to travel on the tour and then was made to train alone or with the youth team. The Italians blamed on Hessenthaler, not fancying me, but I knew he rated me. It was humiliating. They blocked me from playing and tried to ruin my career. I have no clue where it started, but all I can say is I am happy to be out there. It was toxic. And that was a quote from Scott Cashkit on Orion. So, I mean, what can you say that's not been said about that situation before, really? It's, that is what it is, you know. Yeah, I don't think there's anything more that you want to say about that because everything would be, yeah, okay, anyway. (laughs) Um, just to jump back actually Andy Edwards uh, went on to say in his interview hopefully the win against Accrington Stanley will give us a bit more belief and confidence as we approach the match 
Um, and also, Sandro Semedo spoke uh, to the club website, not literally, but um, spoke to the club media team ahead of the Wickham match. And he said it felt good to get that winning feeling back at home again, and now we need to kick on. That gives us the confidence now to start getting more wins, which will come through hard work. The more and more victories we pick up will only boost the confidence in the group. So, interesting. Good yeah. to hear. Yeah, so Saturday, 17th of December, uh, in the morning, the youth boys won, uh, bounced back from their midweek cup loss to beat Northampton 2-1. We've got some, I can't say this bloke's name again, Sotoriu and... Uh, ben Youssef. Ben Youssef. So in winning that match, they also won their league. Um, and it's not even Christmas yet. So huge congratulations to those boys uh, and Richard Thompson for winning that league. Superb. And you've got teams in that league who are in the divisions above. So you've got the Peterborough youth team, South End youth team, MK yeah. Dons. I think Gillingham are in there. There's some pretty big clubs in there. And the fact we've won it, you know, without, I, think, I don't think we've lost a league game yet this season. And so kind of... Um, I don't want to say easily but so kind of confidently convincingly convincingly is what I was looking for is a great achievement and the future looks bright and like we said before you've got players you know like Judd Sargent Pollock Dorby Semedo you've got lots of players who have come through that youth team who have just done superbly well and the future looks bright you've got Abrahams who signed a deal Karoma yeah fantastic a massive well done a massive kudos to those young boys and to the gaffer there for for yeah. making it so convincing. And you are right, they haven't lost a game this season. They've scored 49 goals, only conceded 15. Brilliant, brilliant, super. So, so yeah, leading on to the, to the men's team then. So we had Wickham away yesterday. Team was announced with Chizak in goal. Back for Judd out of the youth team. Uh, right back, Hunton Park centre-backs, Kennedy left back. Uh, midfield was Massey, Ware, Attingana and Bowery. And front two was McCallum and Simpson. Subs, Sargent, Mezegay, Ericot and Pollock. So Pollock replaced Collins, who, believe it or not, and this can't, can't happen often. Up. Can't make it up. Collins was injured getting off the team bus. So God knows how he done that. Um, yeah. Uh, Semedo and Nomo and Dorby. So Collins, wish you well, mate. Hope you're better. Yeah. One of the bright lights of this season for me. Yeah. So one change fair. from the Atkinson Stanley game. McCallum came in and replaced Sandra Semedo, who dropped to the bench. Even Arico returned to the squad following his groin injury, and Oli Palmer not included as he has a dead leg. So your views on that team? Yeah, not wasn't quite sure why Bowery was playing over Collins, but um, that was before it became common knowledge yep. that, or the knowledge that he'd done his ankle getting off the bus. Looked to me like it could be a 4-3-1-2 formation, not the 4-4-1-2 that I originally yeah, yeah. put down well spotted. Um, but I thought that Bowery might be the one link between the midfield oh, the and, and the forwards to get that link-up play better. Yep. And then I thought uh, with Simpson and McCallum up front, I thought that would probably Do work it. rather than have him on the wing. Yep. <coughs> For me, we always make these points prior to the match kicking off. I thought I liked that. I thought it was a decent team. Last week... Uh, I said we don't have enough goals in midfield and I think Bowery is more likely to get you a goal than Samedo in all truth. Um, no other surprises. The only other thing I put was good to see a few more defensive options on this week's bench. Yeah. So a lot more cover defensively than what it was against Atkinson, um, which was good to see. Yeah. So we'll go through the main uh, points of the match. Yeah, so we picked up a few from Guardian Orient, George Sessions and the actual club official Twitter feed because we weren't there, but yep. we have spoken to people who were, so we will come to them later yep. on. But in the 10th minute, went very, very close. Keshket had another go and it was an agonising wide of the left post. He sounded up for this one and he had two efforts on goal in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, he so did. So Scott's dangerous. first one over, his second one, um, ball bounced and it came to him and he hit it really sweetly just wide, but you could tell almost instantaneously that he was going to be all over it 
Yeah, um, well up for it. And obviously, a player thriving on confidence following God knows how many goals he scored in the last amount of games. So, 26 minute, uh, Guardian Orient tweeted, good play from the O's. A Simpson shot is blocked before Kennedy shoots the ball higher and over. Then that was actually quite close. I think the keeper had it covered, but that had some serious pace on it and had it been like a foot lower, that it would have troubled their keeper. Good effort yeah. there from Callum. And in the 30th minute, George Sessions tweeted, excellent play by Massey again. His cross comes to McCallum. He sets up Simpson and unfortunately fired wide. That was a good chance yeah, for him. Yeah, very good chance. We're lucky there, Jay. Uh, 39th minute from the Orient Twitter feed, teasing cross from Massey finds Simpson, but his effort is held by Blackman. So at this point, it sounds like we were... We, about 50 we weren't being played by any stretch of the imagination 41 minutes on the clock McCallum pokes the ball home from a Simpson cross unfortunately the flag went up for offside and obviously McCallum being very unhappy with that decision now for me I haven't seen that I haven't offside seen that goal either. so I don't know how blatant or non-blatant it was it'd be interesting though to see that so half time whistle went George Sessions tweeted half time Wickham nil Orient nil goals at the break though O's have finished strongly with McCallum having an effort Ruled out. So again, it doesn't sound like we were outplayed by any stretch of the imagination there against a good team uh, who are in very good form leading into this match. Yeah, and then in the second half, um, kicked off with no changes for the O's, um, but the referee did yeah. change because he got himself injured. Yeah, so brilliant. Silly. Attendance was 4,517 and 458 of those were Leighton Orient fans, which is marginally less than what I would have expected, but yeah, maybe think- not given... The downturn in our home attendance and general apathy towards yeah, the club. Something I guess. concerning. I think we noted it in the last game against like Crichton Stanley. There was quite a low attendance, and yeah. they do seem to be dropping off quite a bit. I guess people feel massively unengaged with the club, and it's kind of the way things are going at the moment. Yeah. So, forty seventh minute penalty appeals from Wickham after Cashkit went down in the box, um, and Cashkit apparently pushed Tom Parks afterwards. That can't have been too bad because I don't see Cashkit getting booked or anything like that. No, probably more handbags than anything else. On the 50th minute, goal for Wickham. Scott Cashkit stroked home the opener after Paris Cowan Hall is denied by Chisak. But also important to note that that, that attack came about because Weir lost possession just outside yeah. the box. So Weir had possession, didn't he? And he kind yeah. of slips. Slipped on it and it was capitalised on by Cowan Hall. Yeah, so he slips and then they've got like, I think it was like a four and three. They slipped their man in. Because Cowan Hall, good good shot actually. Chisak yeah. made a good save. He did make a good save, uh, yeah. Ball came out. So for me, could Parks have done better? When the ball came out, he seemed a bit slow and he seemed like he was beaten for strength against one of their forwards. Anyway, ball came out to Cashkit. Who wasn't tracked, probably by Robbie Wasn't Weir. tracked. No, nah, and obviously Cashkit, high on confidence, one touch, looked Banged up, it. bang, corner. Yeah. Um, finished it well and it had to be him, didn't it? Um, the Wickham Twitter feed following the goal said, Cashkit celebration, question mark, a salute to the director's box where the O's officials were sitting. Their loss, our game. No, I've seen that. And it didn't seem like it was too... It wasn't like he ran over to right under their noses and done a salute. He kind of just ran to... I'm sure it was aimed at them, but it isn't as blatant as what it sounded like then. When I first saw that, I was a bit like, oh, what's he done that for? Although I can understand it, but looking at it, it wasn't massively too blatant. It was one salute. It wasn't Adi Bayor who ran from one no, end of the pitch no, to the other like to go and knees knife, yeah. Him, but. Okay, in the 62nd minute, Teddy Mezegay comes on in place of Callum Kennedy who is stretched off. Um, we think that he's, oh, he's injured his groin, unfortunately. Yes. Yep. Uh, Mezegay goes to centre-back, Hunt moved to right-back and Judd moved to left-back. So we had a bit of a reshuffle of the defence in the 62nd minute. Yeah, not the first time Judd has gone from right-back to left-back. Correct. So obviously second play time. both wings. And for someone making, I think, just their fourth or fifth proper appearance, again... Kudos to him. Yeah, brilliant what talent. Seven, 17 years yeah. old. 73rd minute, Samedo came on for Jordan Bowery. Another quiet game, I think, for Bowery from what we've heard yesterday. 
again couldn't really get involved in it yeah um, unfortunately um, yeah 76 minute Nicky Hunt and Paul McCallum are both booked for descent yep uh, 82nd minute Sam Dolby comes on for his league debut in place of Robbie Weir Nicky Hunt takes the armband and great to see Sam Dolby getting some minutes on the pitch I think we say it all the time but you know he's the one I always said to watch and there's plenty of them to watch this season coming through so very exciting and you know if Sam can get a goal early on in the next couple of games yeah, who knows what can happen with that kid and considering he played Wednesday night as well yes you know, yeah. so what, a week. Play. what a week for Sam Dolby yeah uh, nine, in the 90 plus third minute Bloomfield could have made it too but his header was off target yep so six minutes of injury time were played out full time whistle went as the O slipped to another defeat at the hands of XO Scott Cashkin. Andy Edwards said after the match it was always going to be a game of few chances and that is how it panned out if you look at Scott's goal it's quite similar to the opportunity Jay Simpson had first half Jay was unfortunate that one didn't go in and we put some good balls into the box which they defended well. You look at both sides and one is in the top six and have won their last date and the other is in the bottom four and I really didn't think there was much in it. Yep, so good to hear that from Andy. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's always very honest or he yeah. appears to be very honest in his, in his uh, comments and interviews so that's yeah, good to hear. So league table, so that result means we stay 21st in league two so currently play 21, 1-6, drawn three lost 12 with a goal difference of minus 5 and 21 points so even though we're 21st we're level on points with Accrington and Cheltenham and only above them goal difference so had we had a worse goal difference we could be as low as 23rd so worrying times there so Mr Levy your views from the game yesterday yeah didn't expect to win this game as Wickham have obviously got the momentum but from what I've heard and read it really didn't sound like we threatened Wickham anywhere near enough which obviously shouldn't be the case given the supposed quality that we've signed in the summer it's hard to keep finding positives week in week out when we lose and play badly I hate to really single out players but we really hasn't got going so my question really now is when will he get dropped um, obviously we really miss Liam Kelly yes. um, I'd like to know more about the thinking uh, behind today's inclusion of Bowery uh, or yesterday's inclusion you know, of Bowery I, I, I get that I completely get that yeah. Smeadow's been bang out of form you know not influencing games low confidence maybe knackered yeah I get that I yeah. completely get that I me. think actually thinking casting my mind back I think because I was listening to the first half on Orient Player and I think the boys said that um, they're playing a 4-3-3 so yeah. on, on reflection yeah, yeah, yeah. actually I, 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 get, I, I understand I that, that now yeah um, and finally it's always gutting to have an ex-player score against you especially when he wasn't given a fair chance here well, that's a, this is a really interesting point about Cashkit because obviously last season threatened to break through under Hendon there was never really even though he got on he never was really played as a forward played out on the right wasn't he yeah but would he have ever been picked over Simpson and McCullum at that point last season when both were doing really well and Palmer and I guess it's easy to sit here now in hindsight and say, oh, Cashkit should have been given that chance, but he was never going to be picked over someone like Jay Simpson. And had he have done a weird loss, people would have been going mental for giving Cashkit that chance. It's an interesting one. Yeah, it's a good you know, point. He was always kind of held in high regard, and I would have loved to see him get more game time, but it's just the way it's worked out. But a really interesting one now because he's doing so well. Um, for me, a disappointing <laughs> result after last week's win. I, I felt like we all knew Cashkit was going to get the winning goal or, or be influential in some way. But once we went one down, it seems like there was no fire, didn't create much again, no chances really. Um, and it's just disappointing that we've got experienced players on that pitch who can't seem to take games by the scruff of the neck. Like you said, Robbie Weir, when will he get dropped? I don't think he will, mate. I think he's the, the captain and I think I can't see him being dropped, although it'd be interesting what 
Well, it's got to be picked on form. Absolutely. Well, you'd hope so, yeah. So he's not in form, but then the question will be who do you bring in in his place? Collins is now injured. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Sammy Moore's out on loan till January. What what, what reinforcements have we got? Benedicic has left. Yeah. Or been released, whatever. Um, Um, Jens Jantz isn't a right back. Um, Unless you bring one of the the junior, got maybe Charlie. Uh, Charlie Barker or something yeah, so we'll Stephen Alzate disappointed to lose um, Callum Kennedy hope he's okay because yeah. left back you know I think like we've touched upon it and one of our guests later will touch upon it that we ended up playing right back as a left back and you've got players like Josh Doherty who signed in the summer but doesn't seem like he's wanted well not wanted but not good enough I guess to represent the club after not making any kind of appearances this season um, and two big games coming up in a festive period now at home in the space of a week against Crawley and Cambridge and we have to perform and get points out of those ones. So those were our views. So before we start recording, we spoke to a few different people. Firstly, we spoke to the voice of Orient player, Mr. Dulcet Day Victor himself, to get a few uh, comments about yesterday's match and the season so far and what he's noticed. Uh, so it's an interview from Dave Victor earlier this evening. So thank you for joining us, Dave. And firstly, then, uh, thoughts on yesterday's match against Wickham? Edwards is making the team difficult to beat. Um, I think we saw that at Doncaster, a clean sheet of course against Accrington. And that uh, Wickham Wonders an informed side. They didn't create too many chances uh, yesterday. And I think Andrew and Andy Edwards, there's already been a, a huge improvement in the way in which the team is defending set pieces. Yeah, that was always a weak spot, wasn't it? We were always conceding quite a few goals from corners and free kicks. Yes, and I think he's got a weak squad. I think uh, there's not too many options. And the real problem, and we saw it in the second half, is that there's so little service. It almost doesn't matter what your front two are because they're having to come back to the halfway line in order to get across. Um, And we've seen it time and time again that the only outlet, really, is Gavin Massey. Uh, And I think in the second half, we can wonder as a sus that if you sort of provide going to Gavin Massey then you'll stop any supply going into the penalty area and there is no plan B yeah good point I thought we made a similar point um, in last week's last week yeah. there were no goals coming or no creativity in the midfield ok so, so in your view then, what, what changes would do you think need to be made in, in January well that's a good question that's the, the big question because I don't think uh, the problems yesterday were down to the manager I think it's down to the quality of the squad and I think um, uh, Andy Edwards hasn't inherited a particularly strong squad um, particularly with the um, continued absence of Liam Kelly. He is an enormous uh, miss in the centre of midfield because it seems to be uh, midfield where there is the lack of creativity. Um, Wobby Weir appeared to be sitting just in front of the back four um, yesterday, although I suspect it was the captain that um, didn't really follow Scott Caskett for the all-important goal. Uh, Nigel Atangana is a shadow of the player he was at the start of the season and so too is Sandra Samido. So let's hope that Andy Edwards has a say and a budget uh, to bring players in. But I'm more worried about uh, players that may go and in particular Jay Simpson because of course his um, contract is up at the end of the season and we really need him. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more and, and certainly the service side of things has always been uh, the shortcoming of our of our team. So um, your, your knowledge of, of football is obviously quite wide and varied, Dave. Do, do any names spring to mind that you would think would potentially be good for our team that, that you've seen or heard of from around the leagues? I just don't know who would be 
available. I think it's a much harder window to bring players in than it is in the summer because you don't have players with contracts up. So I suspect um, it's much harder and I suspect it's doubly difficult to bring players into East London because of the cost of uh, living, cost of housing and such like. Uh, when you think you're competing against other sort of um, League Two teams, most of them in the North where, you know, pop, uh, price of living is much cheaper and then on top of that you've probably got the reputation of the club at the moment there was an interesting uh, thing I saw on uh, social media yesterday that I think Nicky Hunt is the only player to have um, sort of continued his contract in the last couple of years and I think that speaks volumes doesn't it yeah, yeah masses absolutely so your thoughts then um, on the season so far and Dave disappointing I think is probably an understatement it is an understatement. I'm not just thinking about the season. I think you have to look back on 2016. You had five managers, and uh, if you've had five managers, then something has to be going seriously wrong. Um, I don't think too many people were surprised or disappointed when Ian Hendon went. Um, I think in his defence, he never got the chance to see Dean Cox and Joby McEnough in the same team. And I think if he had, it could have been a different story. Kevin Nolan, we never saw him coming. I certainly didn't see him coming as as an appointment. The performance at Portsmouth was fantastic. Uh, the match that followed soon after at Oxford United, I think was significant because you had um, the owner in the stand with um, selfies with the supporters, I seem to remember. You couldn't imagine that now, and that seems an awful long time ago. And then, of course, Andy Hessen, Tyler came in. Uh, he said he didn't want the job. He didn't last in the job for very long. And then I think uh, we all had a groan and a moment when Alberto Cabotin came in. We felt that history was repeating itself. And all you could say was he's a lovely fella, but uh, he didn't know the league, didn't know the uh, club, and he didn't know the language. And, um, you know, uh, the team suffered as a result. I think Andy Edwards, of the eight managers that have been appointed in the last two and a half years or so, is probably the best, but without doubt, he inherits the weakest squad. And I think we have to remember that. And we have to remember that uh, there are very few options for the new manager at the moment. I just hope he's given time and I hope that the supporters understand the situation he's in. Uh, the youngsters are the only positive thing at the moment. I understand they won the league at the weekend. Congratulations to them. It's great that so many of the youngsters have been given new contracts, but uh, Colchester United are demonstrating that you have to show balance and you can't have too many youngsters in the team. So Andy Edwards, he's going to have uh, a difficult Christmas period because there are so many crucial players injured and I assume that it's a groin injury for Callum Kennedy and uh, it could be a scan and let's hope it's not too serious because again there aren't too many uh, options there. Michael Collins couldn't even get off the bus yesterday safely <laughs> and uh, let's hope his injury isn't too great but it's not funny. Ali Palmer's out and there's a few players out there. It looks as if they've got a few psychological uh, injuries as well. They're just um, the spirit and the morale and the fights, you know, it, it, it just wasn't there, you know, there is that confidence, there is that uh, uh, lack of belief at the moment. Uh, at least Andy Edwards and Debbie, uh, Danny Red, they must be working so hard on the training ground. And I think that's shown in the organisation. And you have to start at the back, and there is an improvement there. And you're just going to have to, you know, wish them well and hope they get there. But um, I don't envy them the task, it's a massive one. Dave, as always, great points. Well made. Thank you very much. Have a lovely Christmas and hopefully a very happy new year. Merry Christmas to you all and thanks for all the podcasts during 2016. Pleasure, Dave. Thanks a lot. 
So that was uh, at Dulcet Dave, Dave Victor, um, giving us his thoughts on the current season, yesterday's match, and just thoughts in general, really. And he makes a lot of great points, doesn't he? As always. Yeah, brilliant. <coughs> Made, yeah, superb points that you know we certainly didn't think of. And great point for me is the uh, players out of the contract at the end of the season about Jay Simpson, and also I went to mention about the defence. So. Real interesting. Great points there, Dave. Yeah, so and let us that. know. Uh, obviously, any of the points that you hear in the podcast, you're welcome to to tweet us. We're at Orient Outlook. You can email us with any views that you have. Uh, we are Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. Uh, obviously, we're on Instagram and Facebook as well, But um, and you can contact us on, on Facebook, obviously, as well. And moving on to our next guest, who yeah. isn't probably that well-known to, to many people because she's recently taken up the post of covering Leighton Orient yeah. for... The Waltham Forest Guardian. She yes. goes under at Guardian Orient. And she's making her long-awaited Orient <laughs> Outlook podcast debut this evening. So this is Shona Duffy um, speaking to us again before we start recording. So this is Shona's views uh, on things Orient so far. Yeah. So Shona, we'll start off by asking you your thoughts on um, yesterday's game against Wickham. Um, yeah, I mean, it was quite... There wasn't much chances in the game from either side, I think. I think... Uh... Wickham just capitalised on a slip-up from the Oz defence. Um, you know, Wickham are a team in form, as um, Andy Edwards was saying yesterday, so it was always going to be a tough task, I think, for Orient to get something out of it. And against an inevitable that Scott Cashkit would pop up and get the all-important goal. I was thinking that would happen before the game, yeah. I was quite convinced that he would be the one that scored the winning goal. So I, I think most of us did, didn't we? So, obviously, you're, you're quite new to the club and to the role, and this is, like, your first season. So, so, so thoughts on... On the season so far, with you know, was it what you expected, or were we doing worse than what you expected? Um, I think the season started off really well, um, and I was, you know, I was quite hopeful with the, the summer, you know, with the signings and everything. I think it's just been quite difficult with you know having three managers already since the start of the season. So there's different things that the players are adapting to, but I think you know Edwards and Webb have got a good good team going they're really positive about the club and I think the players do want to respond to them a lot better um, so hopefully it will start improving for the O's <laughs> moving forward uh, you, you, you and us both um, well, what changes do you think need to be made at, uh, with the squad or at the club at the moment obviously with your feeling as, as someone sort of with fresh eyes on this um, I definitely think we need to make some signings in January window. Um, I think Liam Kelly is a huge miss to the club, you know, him having that lengthy injury. He was the kind of like the playmaker in the middle, you know. He was scoring goals as well as setting them up and he was always rallying the team together. I think he's been a huge loss. Um, you know, defence, he still needs a little bit tweak, tweaking, but I think Miles Judd coming in has been a great um, introduction to the side. Um, you know, 17 years old and he's doing incredible. He's some, I think sometimes he's the best man on the park, you know. He's just... Yeah, he's really surprised me. Um, just, yeah, I think maybe a few signings in January is what's needed just to get that, you know, because you're not conceding much, but then we're not scoring either. So we need to find that point where we're not conceding and we are scoring more. Yeah, so um, we, we're thinking sort of mid, midfield and defence uh, in, in agreement with you that we certainly need to, to sort of make a, make some additions. I guess, um, uh, you know, in, in terms of sort of who you'd bring in, I guess it's probably a million dollar question really, isn't it? You, you do wonder who's, who's out there but you know Michael Collins was a, a good signing I think for Orient unfortunately he suffered an injury yesterday which is why he was not on the bench but you know he was in um, India I think it was and he was a free agent so there are people out there that you know can come in and um, 
you just need to find them. Yeah, you need to get the right balance in that midfield, I think, to get everyone clicking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Played. Yeah. So we're going into the um, Christmas period. You covering both the home games at, at, at Christmas, Shona? I am indeed, yeah. You are. And what would you expect from those two games to sort of see out 2016? Do you see us winning both of those or losses? I think I think Boxing Day is vital. Um, yeah. You know, it's teams that are both in and around us at the moment. So if we do, we need to move out of this bottom bottom four. Really, like it's, not, it's I don't really think Orient is such a big club. It should never really be where they are at the moment. Um, yeah, I think I'm hoping for both two wins. It just it's not going to be pretty football. I think they're not going to play it. like because obviously Edwards still getting his what what he wants into the club, his vision. Um, but I think at the moment you just need to start grinding out points and getting results. So yeah, I think it, you know if they just stick to what they what they're trying to do and going back to basics, Gavin Massey was saying, then I think you know you can get the results. You know, um, set pieces has obviously been a really hard factor for us this season they conceded 13 goals this season from them and since Edwards came in they've not conceded in the last two games from a set piece I mean it's still sloppy the way that some of the goals are being conceded but that set piece thing is not something that you have worked on so I'm hoping for two wins well, aren't we, aren't we all, aren't aren't we all, all yeah so, thank you very much have a lovely Christmas and uh, we wish you a Merry New Year yeah you too thanks very much so that was Shona from Guardian Orient. So thank you, Shona, for giving up your time and making your Orient Outlook debut. And we hope to hear more from you uh, in the future. So those were our first batch of interviews. We've got more coming up, so don't go anywhere. So moving on to uh, tweets we received via at Orient Outlook following the Wickham game. So firstly from at Julian Fern, who said, our midfield is weaker than a fat guy in a cake shop. <laughs> Very good. At Adult Swim 1 said, despite the loss, are we looking better then during Cavacin's era, is there a glimmer of hope? Yeah, seems to be. I think Dave's made the point. I think there's a few points later on saying the defence looks better. It's just the same problem with scoring goals yeah. and in the midfield. So at the issue, so disappointing result. But what's also disappointing is the support for cash kit. Get a grip, people, and support our team. In response, at Kid Sampson, I said, why shouldn't those fans be pleased for a youth team product who was treated un- utterly disgracefully by an inept regime? Yep, so lots of uh, comments around that kind of cash kit. Um, <laughs> Celebration and goal and yes. the whole situation. Lots of fours and against. Yeah. At Orient Fan TV said, thank God at the moment there are three teams worse than us in the league. Hope to gain points from the two home games coming up. At Vince Howard 73, expected us to lose to be honest, so not disappointed. Nothing is going to change until we get new players in key positions. At LOFC 1978 said, at least the cash kit fans will be happy this evening. Some of our fans are pathetic and really need to get a grip. Embarrassing. So John. Again, really, sorry, really splitting. Yeah. Really splitting. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot in one camp and a lot in yeah. the other. Um, at John Macker 1977, it was always going to be a tough game. Don't really think we expected to get much out of this game. On a positive note, it's another game where Andy can see what we desperately need to strengthen the squad in January, as there are some players in the squad that are clearly not League 2 level. We move on to Crawley. Merry Christmas and up the O's. Good tweet that. Yeah. Bradley Ackers95 <coughs> said it was always on the cards that Scott Cashkit was going to score against us, but felt saluting to all the Orient officials was a bit disrespectful. Depends on how you've been treated, I guess, yeah. but best... Snooker JP said 1-0, not a big loss to be fair, knew it was going to be a difficult match, now we can think about the weaker teams for a few weeks. Yes, at Sam Cast 9 said, one shot on target is pathetic, hope FB's pockets aren't empty, dot dot dot. 
at Len M4. Whoever decided to let Cashkit go, I'd like to have a word with them. Can't promise it'll be a family-friendly <laughs> conversation. Yeah, at Alp5399 said, we are absolutely terrible. No passion, no ability, hardly a play in that team I would like to see stay in January. Wow, sweeping statement. Yeah, one. and Richard J. Bourne says something along similar lines and says, how many of this team are up for relegation fight and will show some passion? That's what worries me. Yeah, good point. At ben LOFC said, Edwards needs time to build big time however one thing he can immediately affect is the players attitudes and work rates which I think he has done I think to was, be fair there were signs against Accrington that they were defending better and the first half of Wickham yeah absolutely, absolutely. Well. Yeah. the menace 1881 quite when you think you've seen it all awful performance no positives from today even the chips I bought were cold <laughs> <laughs> you can't even buy chips in the South Stand I don't think I've never seen them there no that's at Wickham yeah I know what I'm saying at least you can oh, buy chips in way yeah, yeah I see what you mean yeah. at Barry LV1 said we shaded the first half but the usual loss of concentration occurred after half time good point there at David DU looking bad the old saying you can't milk sorry you can't make a silk purse out of a so's ear seemed to sum us up we need to be realistic and look at finishing in 22nd place as a bonus. The club is broken in nearly every department and will take time to rebuild. At Ousfan Basing said, to be honest, nothing was between the teams. Second half was utter rubbish consisting of hoofs, time-wasting and awful refereeing. I paid money for that shambles of the second half. Wickham were a disgrace. Nothing happened apart from that cash kick goal. But again, that was the goal that decided the game, unfortunately. And I got um, a text from uh, an Orient friend of mine, Simon Henry, who messaged me saying, we're going down to the conference. The words heart, passion and desire come to mind, of which we have players who have none of those attributes. They're only interested in wages. Ask players at Berry and Rochdale who play in the league above for 400 quid a week. Barry should get nicked for impersonating a footballer. We actually did not have a shot in 95 minutes. I won't be spending one more penny on the club I used to love. They're all here for the paycheck. No other club in the league would give these mediocre showers of bleep yeah. a fraction of what they're getting. We can blame Bacchetti all we like, but he's been duped. We need about eight new players. If managers can get sacked, why can't players? Go to Dover with 200k, bring back Ricky Miller. Get rid of Simpson. Yeah, we need Marquisio at the back and Perlo in midfield. We still won't stay up. It's abject. As Ab- Edwards was a very average defender, surely he'd know you can't leave an unmarked striker in the six-yard box. We did. Uh, strong words there from Simon. So strong thoughts and opinions there. Let us know whether you agree or yeah. disagree with what he said or indeed anybody else um, has said. Yep, so a few more interviews to play you now. So we've obviously we've done Dave Victor and we've done Shona from Guardian on it. So there's obviously one more local reporter who you're obviously <laughs> waiting to hear from. His name is Gorgeous George Sessions. So we spoke to him early before we came uh, on air. And here's what George had to say about Orient so far from yesterday and this season. So George, your views on yesterday's game? Um, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a mixed one really. Because you know, looking at it from the positives, I think Orient really did defend pretty well yesterday for quite long periods. Um, and it's easy to just sort of throw that comment in, you know, because they've lost, you know, they've lost one nil and sort of trying to be positive. But you know, you've got to really look at Wickham's form. You know, they've been scoring goals for fun, obviously Cascade, and he got the winner yesterday. And they really didn't have that many chances. Um, you know, I was sort of looking at the stats after the game, and I'm not really sure. They're definitely not a fair reflection on on how the game was. You know, Wickham deserved to win, no doubt, but Oring did defend pretty well, um, and they restricted them to a lot. You know a few half chances and not many really great ones and I know from the sort of negative themselves they didn't create a lot um, you know first half they did, did fairly well but second it was just they really just couldn't break Wickham down and it's, you know kind of 
you know, after beating Accrington the uh, you know the Saturday before, he was kind of hoping they could try and build on it, but you know, really looking at it, it was always going to be difficult. You know, we've become in in the form of their form of their lives at the moment, and obviously with Casket, they've got someone that can score a goal from nothing, and you know, it was yeah. pretty bit of a scrappy goal, really, as well as. And I, I do feel do feel a bit sorry for Robbie Weir because I thought first half he'd done pretty well. Um, you know, been getting on the ball, passing it around, and then it's just kind of typical for the way things have gone for him that you know he slips on the ball. Um, I think I think it was probably his mistake, really. To be honest, but he, he probably could have just cleared it, but yeah. you know he tried to do a bit too much, slips, and then and then they you know they get the loose ball near the area and forced to catch any scores. And I guess that's kind of the way things. Things are going for it at the moment, but I think you know, looking at it positive, they definitely did defend you know really well, and I can't think of many saves that, that Alex had to make. I mean, he made the, he made a save before Kasky scored, but you know other than that, I really can't think of any key saves he did make. So you know he's been a busy man this season, so it was a good thing. You know, looking at it defensively, it was good, but obviously attacking wise, you know they got to sort of you know be a lot better than that and ask a lot more questions because he's only really Gavin Massey, you know, from the attackers that could really you know. Yeah, I think I think that's been mentioned quite a lot to us on Twitter and to, to people we've spoken to about the match. Um, so good points there. And your, your views on the season so far, then? Well, you know, no, it's gone gone harder behind it. It's been an awful season, really, and it. Um, you know, two in twenty first. You know, in December. You know, after after five six games, you can kind of say, well, it's the twenty first, well, it's early days. But you know, there's no no saying it now. You know, it's, it's been been terrible, and I guess you know, three managers hasn't helped. Um, you know, for once, I was absolutely desperate for the second manager to go <laughs> with Albert Cavanaugh, and you know, that had to happen. I guess that was the right decision, but really it was the wrong decision in the first place to appoint him. So you yeah. just kind of wasted ten games yeah. by appointing him. So it's not been a good season. And I don't really think anyone kind of predicted this. Um, you know, in the summer, I thought all the signings were, were good players. You know, they were good CVs and good pedigree. You had some good players coming back from it, um, from injuries, and you know, Hessenthal had done a fairly decent enough job last season. You know, his, again, his CV wasn't bad. I, I was kind of I was a bit mixed when he was appointed. I didn't really know if that was going to be the right way to go. But you know, I thought he'd do a decent enough job. And you know, unfortunately, the players, you know, I think they've got to take a lot of the blame. Really, I've said it quite a few times you know, this season that you know it's all winning good blaming the manager, but you know the players haven't been good enough either. Definitely not. Um, so you know, they've got to put it right in the second half of the season. And, because yeah. there's, there's no doubt about it, that squad, okay, they, they are lower confidence and you know, maybe they're not as good as the all thought, but they're definitely not a team that should be in the bottom four of, of League Two. You know, no way should, they, should that squad be in the bottom four. You know, they're all good players and for, for whatever reason it's not worked out from a late on so far, but you know, I think they've definitely got to step up in that second half of the season and uh, make sure they're pretty right because... You know, we've seen a few glimpses every now and then you know, of, of what a good team they can be, so they've just got to find out on a more consistent basis. So, George, going into January then, obviously Andy gets his kind of first transfer window. Do you think big changes need to be made? Do you think we need to bring a lot more players in, or is it just a few tweaks here and there? I'd probably go a few tweaks. It, like, it'd be, <laughs> you look at it and you think, well, this squad's not done anything now, is it? So you should really get rid of all of them and and just um, you know, try and get as many new faces in as possible. But then you, know, you, you bring the players in, and then you've got to sort of hope they settle straight away, and that's not a given. Um, I 
Martin Hoyt definitely lacking Jacking wide players at the moment um, like I sort of mentioned I think Gary Masson was good yesterday and I think his form's actually been really good um, the last couple of games and uh, he missed the Doncaster one but even before that I just thought he was doing quite well compared to the others yeah. so he, he's looking he's looking good but it's just on the other side really they're struggling like, you know Samedo's I think he's going to be a good player but you know he's, he's young at the moment he's very raw and I think his confidence has been shot really recently and he's not been managed too well before I only come in so you know he doesn't look you know like the type of player on the left left side of midfield that he's going to be creating chances all the time and you know the other people that have been given a go there Jordan Bauer didn't do a lot yesterday so he doesn't seem like the answer you know and I'm, I'm definitely not convinced by um, Bauer's always no more either you know before his injury I, I really didn't think he was he was all that and I thought it was just pace and, and no real delivery and Pinhorn really need a bit of quality on the uh, on the left and, and to be honest I think you know centre midfield they need more you know more flair and quality in there as well I probably would like to see Collins get a few more chances so you know with Liam Kelly being being uh, probably till February I think all he could probably do with, with getting a, a midfielder in January, you know, a centre midfielder that can actually, you know, take ball from defence and get it up the field quick enough because, you know, Weir's obviously not done it enough this season. And I, I feel think Asingana's been quite poor the last month for his job. He was doing well before that, but, he, you know, them two have both struggled to get all in, you know, going forward, really. So I definitely feel like they need, you know, a left midfielder, a central midfielder as well. Um, I think I kind of seen positive signs with the defence over the last last week or two, so I wouldn't probably do too much with that. And you look at the forwards, and all of them have got, you know, they've all got good pedigree, but obviously none of them are actually scoring at the moment. So it's kind of a tough one. You bring in another forward, you know, if, if they're going to bring a forward in, you think somebody would have to leave. Um, yeah, said that last week. So that, that's going to be, you know, I probably I probably would like to see a new forward come in, but I think somebody would have to leave, and you know, all don't really sell players all they seem to do is release players at the end of the season really more Mm. more than anything else so it'd be quite interesting to see if they would actually get rid of a forward in in January but you know going back to the reason I think just just tweaks really just bring three three, four new players in three players that are really going to affect the team that are actually going to come in and be starting not just sort of big players because they've got quite a big squad really when everyone's fit so they don't really need to bring in more squad players. You know, if anything, they need to get rid of a few of the deadwood. I think sort of, you know, Benedictia. I saw him. I saw him what, about ten minutes at Hartlepool and he was absolutely appalling. And I saw him at Brighton and he was even more. So there's no way he can stay past January. So you know, he's absolutely amazing for having him a contract. And a few of the others, really, you know, Yance, I think he's got a deal to the end of the season, but I don't really see. So him, you know, doing a lot for him when you know, you're giving someone like Jadie going now, he, he deserves his opportunity. So I think three or four new players, and you know, not massive overhaul because you know, then you've got to wait for all those players to settle in again, and that's not, you know, that's not definitely going to happen. And you don't want to bring in a whole new squad in January and then they click too late and then or do get go down because you know, it, although it doesn't seem like they are going to, because you look at the squad and you think it's too good, it, it's not against, you know, it, it could happen. They've, they've not been good for four months now in the league so there's no no reason why they're going to all of a sudden just click straight away so I, I think a couple of new phases would definitely help 
Absolutely, and and such a comprehensive roundup as well, George. Thank you very much for <laughs> your Sunday. No, it's brilliant. Thank you very much, and we wish you a very merry Christmas, happy New Year, and thanks for all the work that you do. Your reports are brilliant. So thanks very much, George. Oh, cheers, lads. Thanks for and you know, right back at you. I think the podcast is absolutely brilliant. And, you know, it gives me a great gauge of, of how the fans are, you know, fans are viewing things at the moment. So you both do a great job. So have a good Christmas and a good New Year as well. Hopefully, we're, we're talking about a lot more wins in 2017. Uh, fingers crossed. Cheers, <laughs> So that was George Sessions giving a position Very by good. position. Yeah sort of overview really there and um, it's really difficult to disagree with anything that, that he had to say really and, and, and factually you know he's, he's really spot on to be fair so thank you very much indeed to George Sessions um, for giving us his insights and whether you agree or disagree with what he or any of our guests have yeah. to say please tweet us at or in Outlook or email us or in Outlook at outlook.com so one more interview left so we normally do final word via a tweet but we're going to start a new feature where we speak to a fan and we do a game for final word so obviously me and Paul can't go to every Orient game because there's just life. too much stuff going on like life so we are now trying to speak to someone who goes to every game or is at the game that we can't make so we spoke to at Big Herring uh, earlier this evening about yesterday's game and about the season so far so here's uh, what Billy had to say so Billy, um, firstly, thoughts on yesterday's game? Uh, first half we done all right. I thought. I thought um, first half it was a typical away performance. You know, we kept it tight. We um, we tried to break where possible. We had a couple of chances, um, but second half just really showed the lack of depth in the squad and you know how unfair unfair we've become for the season, basically. So. Was it, so what was the change then, Billy, from the first half to the second half? Was it tactical? Or what, what do you think was, was different or so much different? The problem is our central midfield. I think we all know that. I mean, I think that, um, you know, Robbie Weir's not playing particularly well this season. I think people rave about Nigel Afangana, but if you look at his um, positioning sense from a defensive perspective, it's not particularly good. There was a couple of times in the first half where Wickham went straight through the middle of the park onto our back four. Um, but they didn't capitalise on that and obviously second half straight away they must have uh, spoken about that at half time and their managers clearly said look you know drive through the middle and that's what created the chance you know I mean Tom Parks had two opportunities where he gave the ball away uh, you know straight back to straight back to Wickham um, and then from there obviously Robbie Weir then makes the mistake where he falls over and they go on and score so um, yeah <laughs> they've capitalised on our weakness in the centre of the park basically well, any um, any standout performance yesterday? Anyone who you thought was really good? Alternatively, alternatively, anyone who you thought really was really poor? Um, to be honest, the only positive I can really take out of it was Miles Jordan. It was a good game, I thought. Um, it must be difficult for him. He's 17 years old, playing at right back, then moving across to left back yeah. um, when Kennedy got injured. But again, it, it, that smacks of our you know total lack of planning under Machete. You know, we've got a 17 year old right back playing left back.
Yeah. Well, you th- you'd you think at the start of the season where we, we had a glut of players, you know, we had five or six strikers, we had five midfielders, the defence got, got bolstered. I mean, obviously losing Matthew Baldry in, in some regards was obviously, uh, you know, a massive loss. Um, but but yeah. you think at the start of the season that actually um, we'd actually made some, on paper, some really good signings. Yeah, and that's the, that's the frustrating thing about it because actually if we'd have kept the squad that we had at the start of the season, So, obviously, the next question is probably a bit of a, a, a self-fulfilling uh, question, really, but your thoughts on the season so far? <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, just, it's just typical. It's another, what you would call, a, another Pichetti season, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's gone from bad to worse year on year um, because no-one can ever build anything. Every time, every manager coming in is playing with the previous manager's players. And every manager will want to play a different style of football slightly, but they can't do that because they've not got their team. And that's the problem. Unfortunately, we're in such a state now that, that, that I hope Everett and Danny Webb get time, yeah. but because they're going well, to need at least 18 months to rectify all the problems that have been caused over the past two and a half years. Yeah, I think it does take that time for the cycle to get the players out that they don't want, the players in that they do want, and, and sort of get a system going that's, and, and obviously a good pre season as well. Billy, thank you very yeah. much indeed. You made some really brilliant points there. Um, no so um, thank you very much indeed, and uh, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. Yeah, and to you all, boys. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. So that was thoughts of Orient fan Billy Herring, who went to the match and gave us his thoughts yesterday. He made uh, a statement in that, as you probably picked up, and said, "Don't you can't tell me that Sammy Moore wouldn't improve our squad. Do you agree with that? Disagree with that? Uh, ambivalent to it all? What, what are your thoughts on that? Tweet us, email us, get in touch. Let us know what you think. So thank you to everyone who we interviewed earlier this evening. So to Dave Victor, to Shona, to, Do- to, George, to George Sessions, to Chris Bravery and the ladies' team, and to Billy Herring. Thank you very much. And if you go to... All your away games and you want to come on the podcast, give us a DM or an email and we'll get you on very shortly. So 
the prediction league update then. So following the Wickham game, amazingly, nobody predicted 1-0 um, to Wickham. Unbelievable. So no yeah. points in the prediction league this week. So that obviously means there's no change at the top of the prediction league. <clears throat> so at Nino Barone, 27, still top, with MP Allen, 2-2-2, still second. Full table was up, as always, on our Facebook page. A lot of points to play for. Uh, coming up over the busy festive period so make sure you get your predictions into us yep fancy football league update Elliot Hartfree Pierce is still top of the league with 934 points 23 points ahead of second place George Stone very very close there and you've slipped down to 35th bit of a mirror of a week mate played my wild card they're doing even worse than my own oh. wild card team so you know some you I'm going to have to get involved aren't I some, you, you out. some you win some you lose mate joint, joint managers it's how it is positives and negatives for the week yep so positives struggles this week didn't we? We've only got one positive this week, uh, and that is the under 18s who won their league. So well done to good positive the team, to, have. to Richard yep. Thompson, brilliant, and obviously Thomas. the experience. I'm oh, sorry, Richard, Richard Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Well done, boys. Fantastic. So you've got the slightly uh, more dubious task of the negatives. Negatives, unfortunately, there are many more. Uh, another defeat, and obviously inflicted by an ex-player. Yep. Never a good thing. Obviously, only had one shot on target in the whole game. It's interesting because everyone we spoke to has kind of picked up on that kind of non-attacking threat, especially from midfield. I yeah, think, I think everyone's mentioned that. So a lot of work to do on the training ground there. Yeah, uh, morale amongst the fans seems to have dropped to a very, yeah. very low, low again. And obviously injuries to Callum uh, Kennedy and, and Michael Collins as well. I mean, the guy's injured himself getting off the blooming team bus. <laughs> I mean, how's your luck? Yep. So hero of the week. Um, so there's only kind of one group of lads we can give this to really, and it goes to the very worthy winners for the spirit performance against Leicester earlier in the week. And for also winning their league before Christmas. So well done. well done to the under 18. Well done, chaps. Yep. Yep. Next week's fixtures. Quite a few games coming up thick and fast over the festive period. Boxing Day, we entertain Crawley Town at home. They're currently 11th in the league. And then on New Year's Eve, we've got, uh, we entertain Cambridge United at home. They are 7th in the league. Then on the 2nd of January, Bank Holiday Monday, we travel all the way down to Exeter City, who are 15th in the league, uh, before Barnet, who are 10th in the league, um, and visit us on Saturday the 7th of January. With the next three, with three of the next four games at home, it's vital we pick up some much-needed points over this yeah. very, very, very busy Christmas period. Yeah. It's absolutely spot on. It's exactly yeah. what we need to do. So lots of games. If you go in, let us know. Get in contact with us and you know tweet us your views and opinions. So that's it. So another Christmas special is done. So that is episode eighty-eight done and dusted. So my good friend Southstand Chumbeady Legend Paul, you are away. Yeah. Between Christmas and New Year, so this is the final podcast in two thousand and sixteen. So what a year it's been, and unfortunately not in a good way. So we've gone through several managers. Uh, had the first fans protest we had in recent time, and we're still in League Two going through what is another difficult season. So let's hope we have a change of fortune in 2017 so that we can produce more positive podcasts and enjoy supporting Leighton Orient again. Yeah, we'll be back with episode 89 in early 2017 <laughs> with all the information and views that you could ever need. It's probably going to come after the Barnet game on the 7th. Probably, I'd yeah. Because so I'm bumper. back on the 2nd. Yes. So then it's Barnet yeah. on the 7th, so it'll be a bit of a big one, that one. Yeah, so four games. Unless there's three, lo- two, two, unless there's three losses to talk about, in which case we can just gloss over it. So we'll see, because <laughs> last time we went on holiday, a lot happened. I think a manager left, manager and Coxton left as well. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully you'll come back and we won't be in that situation. So yeah, hopefully Sunday the 8th of January will be the next podcast. Yes. So thank you to everyone who has downloaded, um, streamed online, tweeted, 
emailed us and come to speak to us over the year. It's been an absolute pleasure um, doing the podcast, and you know we love what we get. We have the engagement of everyone, and we genuinely enjoy making this podcast for everyone. So wherever you are in the world, we wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year from the Orient Outlook Podcast. Up the O's. <laughs>